Okay, the uh, share this morning will be supposed uh, to continue to Fuhr Shleimah, the Parachal Bas Chaya Devera, Dan's daughter, and Mitzvah uh, she'll continue the uh, miraculous uh, recovery very quickly, as will all the other girls. And we will begin Malachim Bey's Perek Chav Aleph, Pasig Vav. We spent a few weeks on the introduction and the overview of what Menashe was and was not doing and its effect on Klai Yisrael. And as we mentioned, there will be, unfortunately, despite the tshuva, despite the machlekes, whether he is getting back to almost where he started from and will get into Lam Haber or not, is machlekes Tanaim and machlekes Amaraim. We're going to have an interesting diak today, hopefully, when it discusses, the Pasuk discusses his patir and where he's buried, it's going to mention that he's buried in his backyard or somewhere close to that, not in the Kfura of the Malche Yehuda. Malche Yehuda, interestingly enough, there are kfarim for the kings, but they zealously guarded it for only the Malchei Tzadikim, which is interesting because if you have a Melech who's a Russia who has a strong arm and is violent, which unfortunately came with the territory, you would think that he doesn't really care what the Chavikadisha says and he's going to be buried where he thinks he should be buried. So the good news is, and this repeats itself, uh, there were many Malchei Tzadikim from Malchei Tzadikim David, and there were quite a few Rishayim, and none of the Rishayim made it there. Either because it was guarded and the Chavikadisha were willing to sacrifice for it, and that was one area they didn't touch, or the former and the latter a mix of the two is that, unfortunately, the Rishon didn't really care so much to be buried there because they felt that, yeah, that's for the Sadiqim and we're not pretending to be that and we're not interested, which is, you would think the second far is Pasha, but it's far from Pasha because often when somebody's not doing their job but they're the heir to the throne of this, the only claim, is this Yichus, they would say, no, no, I have to be buried there because otherwise they're going to think I'm not part of them like Hordis's complex and Yanai's complex that they were more violent than anybody else because of the accusation by Yanai that maybe he wasn't even Karsh Lekahuna, maybe he was a Chol. Turned out not to be true, but he certainly wasn't that from. And he intuitively felt, even though he's in that he didn't really fit the bill. Hordis certainly didn't fit in because he was an Evet Shemarad and Shailah, whether he was Jewish, how Jewish, he certainly wasn't from Malchus based Chashmanayim and certainly wasn't from Malchus based David. So he had a chip in his shoulder and the people who are trying to prove something that they can never prove are going to be a bigger issue than anybody else. So you would think that they would force their way in Dafka because of that and it, Baruch Hashem, never worked. Over here by Menashe, it's even more complicated. So Menashe certainly did tshuva. And there's even a machalikas tanam and amaram, whether the tshuva worked. So you can imagine that Menashe himself would say, I fixed it up, 
been doing tshuva for years, for decades, and therefore it's coming to me. So some of Hashem say that because he did tshuva, he dafka put in the order not to bring him there and just leave him in the backyard because he was embarrassed, especially ashamed to be with his illustrious forefathers. And that is a nakuda lahalacha, which is very nageya. There's a din that ain't kevin tzaddik eats a rasha, and ain't kevin a rasha, who's a relative rasha next to a rasha who's a bigger rasha, and a relative benini next to a better benini. And if you think about it, it's very hard to actually... Right, that's what I said. It's very hard, near impossible to figure it out, because we would really need, if you wanted to bury a million people, you would need a million but take first. Because uh, the Gemara makes it quite clear. A person who is a machal Shabbos, Rachmal Aslan, is Chayef Skila, can't be buried to a somebody who's Chayef Chenek. The Chayef Chenek is a feh. Put me next to a machal Shabbos, is Chayef Skila. And whether he says feh or not, uh, there's a difference in the level. They're both pretty big Rishayim because they were Makabal Hasra. And they said Afal Pikain. Not Stam, they did an Avera. They were, to get killed and based in requires a lot of uh, determination and a lot of rishus that you can't mistake for shaking. And even today, there's no means based in. The level of the Avera is different. See, even within rishus, there's uh, gradations, and the Gemara says the gradations you wouldn't think of. It's like, it's based in. What does it make? Skila, Sreifa, Harry Kachanik. happens to be there. Two Batek Faros, not four. But there's a Chilik. So that means if a person uh, spoke Lashon Hara Chas Shalom five times and that day, whatever happened the previous day, we assume he said Tzlachlan who did Shuvah. And the other fellow spoke six or seven or the same five but included more people, they can't be buried next to each other. So David, as he said, that's pretty difficult to figure out. And therefore the minute is that various shuls and communities have their own base Eilam with the assumption that people who... Daven together and people associate to people are relatively holding in the same place. That's why they bond together Michaim. But it's hard to figure out. And people often come with complaints. To me, I have nothing to do with the Chavagadisha, and they say, Yeah, I was trying to buy a plot over here and over there, and they have these rules and regulations and what they did, Michaim, and there's a reason for that. Of all places, it's counterintuitive if you don't know the Gemara. People say, that's Achamisa. Isn't there a klal? Achamiskadeshim? I said, that's a bad joke. That's not a klal. <laughs> so once they're no longer here, we start saying nice things, which somewhat apropos, if you don't exaggerate too much. But the, I informed them that the Gemara is actually super makbid on this. And if we know of differences, even in, I don't want to use the word chumras, because chumras don't really make a difference, but the diktuk bahalacha in certain areas that other communities don't have, yes, they're going to be makbid, and they should be makbid. That's not discrimination. And that's why the minig is such, and, and everybody has their own chever, and a lot of people don't belong to any, because in America, the younger generation, which I still include myself in, uh, people born here, grew up here in Europe, it was very, very, the villages had their own base asylum, and people didn't move around so much, and you were there, buried there, your parents, grandparents, great-grandparents, we were discussing it this year, you showed me a picture of a Matseva from Germany from whenever it was, that those days are, they're not gone, because people still have, still have Long Island, we have New Jersey, we have, uh, we have Muncie, they're still chevers, but 
the generation growing up here, they don't necessarily think like that. Well, you know, sooner or later they have to start thinking about something. And you have to know, okay, where do I go? Where do I belong? Are they going to let me in? What, what are my menhagim? What are their menhagim? These are, these are real issues. Even after Petira, and according to these gemara, sometimes more difficult after Petira. So Manasha, according to this pshat, is going to be sophisticated enough, even in the side that the tshuva made headway, to understand I'm not them. And even though Makam Shabali tshuva endim, Inside the Gemara, that's a big mahalas in the Gemara, what that means. They're certainly in a good place. The question is, do they still belong? And that's why he felt, either because he wasn't sure whether the truth was accepted, which makes sense, because we're not sure, even with the long side of history, uh, what exactly happened there. And he was uncomfortable. And he was smart enough to figure out, maybe it's not going to die to take the chance, which is very interesting. Before we get, that's the good news already. What? The risk is it's very, very bad for the Neshama. Well, the risk is the Chavik Disha, in this particular case, guarded the Kivrei Malachim, and you couldn't get in without start, starting a major war. And that's why even the Rosham coming, even Yochim, who was Russia, but violent, they didn't, uh, they didn't like the intolerance of those who were uh, not liking their intolerance. They didn't ask to get in, and if they did, it was a very quick no. And it didn't, we don't have any record of somebody forcing their way in, which is quite amazing. So Babanasha can explain it, because he did tshuva of sorts, and maybe a very good tshuva, and he didn't ask to get in. The other ones, Haladavrahu, why didn't he ask to get in? The answer is, uh, maybe on some level they felt uncomfortable, the Pintali, and the other level they said, no, no, this is what we separated from. We don't want to be part of Malchus Beis David. We hold that we're trying to undo everything they did, which they were trying to do, and we're not part of that, and therefore why should we even ask? We have our own operation. So that maybe is what they said for PR. The reality was they probably realized there's going to be a civil war if we try to get in. It's one of the few places that we're heavily got. What? The tour guides have different. Uh, yeah, Shmuel Al Shmuel Bays, right? <laughs> they, you know, there are there are suggestions, there's conjecture, there's, but it was somewhere in Yushalayim, and uh, again, it's one of the more surprising endings for Menashe, but more surprising for some of his descendants and some of his uh, ancestors. Achaz uh, wasn't buried there either. Chizkia was. So it depends who you are, and this was like an understanding, no matter where they were, uh, at the end of their life, uh, either it was made to uh, be very clear for the rest of Klai Yisrael, you're not bringing him here, or they sort of understood, or they said that we're not interested because that's what we spent our life doing, separating, or a hybrid of all three. So we're not up to that yet. Right now we're in the middle of the uh, destruction that, and havoc that was wrought during the rain, We'll go back to Pasuk Hay, actually. The chutzpah, he didn't put the Avadazar in the Aliyah, as Achaz did. He put it in the actual Mikdush. He didn't dare yet put it in the Kedush HaKadoshim. He will um, have descendants who will. So as soon as you think it can't get any worse, it can. Um, even he had some boundaries, not much. That's night Seder material. Besides all the Chayuve Misa and Chayuve Kares, he was involved in some Kishav as Chayuve Misa, some of them are listed as a lav. 
certainly not Tamim Tia. Now this word is troubling. Well, it's troubling wherever it appears. But uh, we always like to discuss and put in a, a better light. Manasha wasn't a Tinnish Nishba. His father was Chizkiah. He got the best education money you can buy. The best Hashpa, the best Yichus. His parents, his grandfather, was Yeshaya, Hanavi. And not a The question is, did he do this So if you recall, here in this room, we went over very carefully the Gemara and the conversation between Manasha himself and a Chalaim, or a nightmare, to Ravashi. And Ravashi asked him at the end of the dream, if you're so smart, why'd you do all that? And Lou, what was his answer? If you were here, you'd pick up your kapota to run faster. So... If you just stop there with the Gemara, and I would ask you, all this, was this L'Achis or Te'avan? You'd vote for Te'avan. Well, the Pasuk sort of says not so. So what do you do with the Gemara? The Gemara has to fit into the Pasuk. The Pasuk has to fit into the Gemara. Teresh Balpeh, Teresh B'Ksav. So it's possible that what started off as Te'avan, as we described, even as a defense you can't uh, really defend it, but just as an understanding of Ochoz, who started all this, why would he do this? The answer is he lived at a very, very difficult time in Klai Israel, probably one of the most difficult till modern day, till the Holocaust. Uh, over here, not in the sheer numbers, but uh, what's going on over here is the dismantling and what they thought was the pending destruction of all of Klai Israel. So the Holocaust, again, you can never really speak about the Holocaust, anybody who went through it to... Uh, you can't even justifiably compare it to anything, but understand that the Holocaust, despite the fact that the numbers were unlike anything we've ever seen, the atrocities were unlike anything we've ever seen, here, the Asas are gone, possibly never to come back. Yehuda is tiny, and Achas thinks that, is convinced that it's a matter of a few months, a couple of years, and it's all over. And we have to go over that a few times till the end of Malachim Beis because he's not the first person to think that was a Havamina but he's the first person who actually did something based on that calculation that is uh, the quicker we assimilate and the quicker we drop the program the safer we're going to be Menashe is going to now capitalize on that and uh, take the program and run with it and unfortunately he won't be the last just he's the one who gets most of the blame Ochaz didn't do it as Stark, and Menashe will uh, have a longer reign, a more powerful reign to do it. But the, not the justification, but the understanding again is that he was depressed, he had Yish, and that's starting off from the Te'avan. Te'avan is not only you had a Yitzhah for Avadazar, it's why you're now running to Avadazar, why you're Avadazar Hashem is not on par with what it should be to have the Yitzhah Taif to fight the Yitzhah for Avadazar. The Yitzhah for Avadazar was there. We don't understand it because it's gone now, but it, it was a Yitzhah that was like any Yitzhah we deal with now. The more you fortify the Yitzhah Taif, the less you'll deal with the Yitzhah. You try to deal with the Yitzhah head on, you're in big trouble. That's what we daven Shalom the Dani Sayan. He didn't have, in the situation, the Yitzhah Toiv to... He didn't have it. He had it. He had Bechira. He could have done better. But uh, he felt he didn't have it because despite the success of Chizkiah, his father, despite the Nez Goloi of the fall of Sanchev, I didn't fully address that. Like, what is he thinking? You could be depressed by Ochoz. You see the end coming. 
the men with Chizkiah, Rav Shake, the renegades. We understand that. You have 185,000 officers outside your window about to destroy Yushalayim and millions of people. So you understand why you get depressed and have Yish. This is after Chizkiah. So why didn't he get this shot in the arm that everything told to Chizkiah but Avua came true? The army was decimated, come out, nobody survived. They didn't die of hunger, the economy improved. Everything that the Ravua said came true. The answer is, yes, it did then. It's the syndrome of what did Hashem do for me lately. Uh, the Ashurim might not be at the uh, zenith of their power, but there were plenty of other enemies around that were still threatening. And again, it's a question of how much longer can we do this? Ah, you just had an ace that is still spoken about now on, on par with Chatzay Salayla, Makas Becheris. We still speak about the fall of Sancheris. But Chatzay Salayla, that's how big that nace was. People, probably people have short memories, and Yetzirah wants us to have short memories. And Manasha is giving up. So I think what started as Teovan, as a program that he genuinely felt is better for the Jews, just stop being Jews, which again has been re- replayed many, many times during history, he then did it for so long, it became lahachis. Now how does something become lahachis? If you're thinking about it, and your excuses, love to keep up the program, being from was very nice, very nostalgic. I don't want to say these words, but this is the way he, he thought and talked. And, and, and the way he set an example for others, why become lachis? Well, lachis is not necessary. You have to do things lachis. So the human condition is such that if you have a guilty conscience, you're smart enough to have a guilty conscience, which he did, and you're from enough and you're educated enough to have a guilty conscience, then either you're going to do tshuva or you're going to start doing things lachis to dafka go against. It's not good enough that you're not from. You're going to start trying to be lachis against other people not just for your original program. And that's probably what happened over here, which is why the Pasuk uses the word lahachis. It's interesting, the Pintaliyid, even with all your lahachis, the, 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 bad, uh, the bad joke they say, all the, the kosher bad Jewish jokes have tremendous moral content. As they, they ask this lahachis, apikeris, leyelenu, how do you keep up all your kfir? Every morning, you mechadish b'chol yayim, this kfir and lahachis, how do you keep it up? Oh, you don't have here, hurry, tshuva. So he says, taka, big problem, because there is a pintaliyid. I make sure to drink my negavasa water every morning. It keeps me, uh, keeps me off. So that joke is, speaks volumes, because it's very hard. Uh, Yiddish and Neshama, Helik and Neshama, it's sometimes hard to keep it up. Which is why, and it was so hard, even Menashe, with all his lahachis, all his running after Avodazar, his whole program and his whole shita, he still did tshuva. Go figure. Because at the end of the day, it's uh, difficult to keep uh, pushing an agenda you don't really believe, even though you'd like to believe it in your rishus. Hard to make good rishon, Baruch Hashem. And that pintaliyid is always there. But I think that might be the explanation of the word lahachis, even though the Gemara seems to say that he himself said it was l'teavan. Pasig zayim, vayasem. It will explain, by the way, the explanation we just uh, discussed. You can remind me when we get there, we get to Yehoyakim. Yehoyakim is going to be one of the children who will be melech, one of the children of Yoshia, who is a tzaddik, Yisrael Elam. 
And the way you look at the Gemara Sanhedrin, he's one of the few malachim that makes Manasha look good. He did things that don't make sense. Like, why would you want to, like, it's like just plain disgusting. Like, why would you want to do that? A uh, thinking individual, you want to, like, look normal. What's the answer? The answer is, I think, this Lahachas, he was so angry at himself for what he was doing. Well, the morning, like, he was out of control. Did what? He say it explicitly when this yeah, yeah, he said, I'm doing it Lahachas. Yes, yes, but what does that mean? What do you mean doing Lahachas? It's like, the answer is, he's drinking his Nagabasa water. That's what he's doing. He's trying to, he can't live with himself. He's a possessed man at that point. Because the Pentalid was still there, and you have to do crazy things to hold it at bay. Which is good, which means all you got to do, if you just sit back in a dark room and think, the fallback position is you'll do tshuva. That's uh, heartening. It's just, if you don't want to, you're going to have to do really crazy things to keep it at bay, which unfortunately um, will happen to some people. Maybe that's, uh, I'm just thinking out loud, that maybe that's why some of these people unfortunately intermarry, because it'll keep them... Yeah, well, after, after the Holocaust, again, you can't, as a brain, what, what they went through, it's understandable, not condonable. Uh, there are Yidin who just looked on the map and said, find the furthest place on earth where we can disappear, and no one will know we're Jewish, and uh, goodbye and good luck. And they moved to places, and they totally got lost because they were scared. But it's just so sad, because if they would see their colleagues who were in the camps with them, we're not placing blame in these uh, tragedies that have different uh, effects on the, just the psychology of how can you remain normal after being in a matzah like that for five minutes. So you can't blame anybody over there, but look at the many, many Heiligayidin who managed to get up, brush themselves off, and build Torah and build Yiddishkeit, where the... Uh, we're the heirs to that and the beneficiaries of that. But those are two very different reactions. And, um, and you can run and you can't hide. I think a lot of Israeli soldiers also after... Yeah, it's, it's traumatic, right? Yeah. It, the stress uh, syndrome, yes. They go up and they... I've, I've discussed some of that with them. There's this custom they have after the, uh, their, their army... Uh, then they just they get up and they go. It's just no, they're going all over the world. Wherever it goes, they're just they're just going. It's a pressurized situation. Um, the good news is some of them go, and after they're finished, they realize you know the truth is back home. But you got to make it there. That's the uh, that's the difficulty. Pasuk Zayin VeYosav as Pesel Asher Shalasav Abayis Asher Marshem Al David Vel Shlomo Benav Abayis Azeb Yishlayim Asher Bacharti Mikol Shifti Yisrael Asim Es Shmi Liyelam in the pasuk. Emphasizes this is not Stam and Avodah on a hilltop. This is in the base of Mitrish that's supposed to be the center of all the Ruchnius of Klai Yisrael. And it does tremendous damage, obviously, anywhere, even more damage over there. Patsiches, Vla Isif, Lahanid, Regal Yisrael, Minadama, Shenasati, Lavaisam. Now it's interesting. The, you look at the Mesidus David over here for a moment in Ches. Laisif, Gamzem, Hashem, Shama, This is a continuation. Pasuk Zayin described the mission of what the Beis Hamikdash is supposed to bring to Klal Yisrael and what Kedusha is supposed to be there and what Tumul was brought there instead. Again, Lahachis. And the continuation of the job which they succeeded at of Davar Melach and Shlama Melach. They built this bias in the city. 
That is not Stame capital city politically, it's the Makara Kadusha, Mikol Shifti, Yisrael, Asim Eshemili Elam. And part of that Haftacha is, the Mitzvah David says, Vlaisiv Lahanid Regu Yisrael Menadama Shenasati Lavaisam. The promise is they will get Yushalai and build the Mikdush, and it is theirs to keep as long as they keep the Mitzvahs, even if not perfectly. Rakim Yishmu Lasiz Kholashet Sivisim Lachal Tereshet Sivasam Avdi Moshe. That doesn't mean there aren't going to be Balai Avera. Doesn't mean no one's going to do any of it. We have Yom Kippur for that. We have Asar Lazazal. We have an Avaida on Yom Kippur in the base of Mitish for that. But there has to be some level of commitment on a national level. And the king and the government certainly has to be doing it. The purpose of a king is to fight Mohammed Hashem and to enforce halacha, not to enforce Rishus, which is the way this is going right now. Velo Shameo, they didn't listen. He not only enforced rishos, he imported it from all the Goyim around them, and he picked up whatever avoida, foreign avoida, he could do just to make it more colorful, and that's the lahachis part. Rashi points out these Nevi'im, Rashi and Yud, Usually when you introduce a new Navi, we say, and this is the context, and this is the Malucha, and this is the Melech who he associated with, and this is the Malucha, the time which he operated. Here we just mention anonymously, the Be'er Hashem B'yad Avadav Anavim Lamar doesn't mention these Navim in the context of Manashem, he was so bad, it wasn't a schus for anybody to be mentioned with him. Yaakov, you asked two weeks ago, how do we know that the Churban Lamaisa is pinned on Manasha more than anybody else? The Pusik says it here, and we'll say it again later. This is the first Navua of the pending Churban. You're thinking we have many kings to go to the Chorban. We do, but unfortunately a lot of it's going to be quick succession. We're not that far as you look at the amount of pages left in Malachim Bays. So the first Navu over here is being given over to Klai Yisrael. It doesn't mean that it can't be undone. Navu Latayva, given over to the public, cannot be undone. Navu Lara, we wish, will be undone. But it's the first of its kind and it's pinning it on Menashe. Lochain again Yud Beis Kayam Ar Hashem Alakei Yisrael Hidden He May Be Royal Yushalayim Yehuda Asher Kol Shaima Tatzilena Shtei Oznav Whoever hears this Nevuah His ears will ring. Natisi Al Yushalayim Es Kav Shemram I'm going to take the same measuring stick that I used to clearly delineate who's going at the Gullahs thus far, which was the Asar Sashvatim, which is Shemram, the kingdom of the Asar Sashvatim. Very, the Navi always speaks in very rich uh, imagery, and you have to, uh, the words being used were words that they were used to. If you're a builder today, you still use these things. The Meshkalis is a plumb line. So the mushal over here is that the Midas Adin, Rahmal Islam, when it comes, is very exact. We spoke about Nisyanis and Shabbos. There's a time and a place for Nisyanis and for Ainish Rahmal Islam and is limited to the minute and second that it's supposed to last, and to the degree of the amount of people it's supposed to affect. So, hence the Lashinus over here, Bein L'tayv, Bein L'mutuv, 
it's uh, Musr to Yushalayim at the Yehuda. If you think you're getting away with it because whatever destruction that was wrought in the Golis Yisrael that's over there. He says, well, it's over there because Hashem has an exact bar of where he's putting it. There's a plumb line telling you exactly a demarcation line where it's going. And that was then. And Hashem will use the same exact measuring for Yehuda as well. And if it's deserved, it's going to happen. No one's going to escape. And if it's not deserved, then it's going to be limited to over there. But Hashem has exact cheshbonus. How long, when, how long it lasts, and who it affects. And uh, continue with the horrific imagery. Melchisi es Yushalayim. The description over here is Mishkalas Beis Achav is the reason why Esrashvatim were taking the Gullis, even though Achav was long gone. But the trouble and the damage started from Achav. The comparison over here is even though Beis Amit is not going to be destroyed now, uh, if and when it happens, the damage is going to be traced back to Menashe. Melchisi es Yushalayim kashayimche es hatzlachas as uh, smooth and as well as a person who wipes a plate clean, you're doing the dishes and then turn the plates, turn the plate over. Unfortunately, that's a that's a muscle that every housewife and every person who's running a house and doing the dishes can identify with. Fascinating that was used. I believe it was used to make it very real for the people. You know how. How much this is going to be wiped off? Take a plate, just wash it, and just after you finish, turn it over so it can dry. There's nothing left. Even though you would think that's going to be hakol bakol rachman that doesn't mean that Klai Yisrael will ever be finished, and it doesn't mean that the Yishuvenet Yisrael is necessarily finished after the korban. Yushalayim, though, after the korban, is completely destroyed. There's nobody left, as it was in korban Bayashani. Even though there was a Yishuv of Yidin. After Chorban Bayesvishan, we know, because Nebuchadnezzar is going to give them a shush to rally, not rally to fight back, he made sure that wouldn't happen, but to at least be under the banner of a governor who was from, his name was Gedalia ben Achikam. And a good conqueror, not because Nebuchadnezzar was a nice guy. A good conqueror wants some people to stay in the land because you need people to farm and to plant vineyards and to operate the infrastructure. He's not getting any taxes otherwise. He doesn't want a gaping hole in his kingdom. So just done out of practicality. But there will be a Yishuv. Unfortunately, some G'day is all about that Yishuv is going to be destroyed. And after that, there's still some people there. After Chorban Bayesheni, there were Jews living. The Romans had very strict rules where they can live. So you find most of the action of the Tanaim, the Sahedra, and the Batadinim are in the north. Now they're going to Usha, they're going here, they're going there, and the Gullus, but they're in Eretz Yisrael. No one's in Yushalayim for a long, long time. So this Moshe with the plates and the wiping of the plates referring to the Besamitish and Yushalayim primarily. I don't want to end on a bad note, but unfortunately this Nevoah goes on for a while, so we have no choice. Let's go to the Peliyites. We're not ending the Shia. It's not ending on a bad note. We'll have something positive. Go to page Kuf, Ayin Gimel, the entry of Atronus, which we began. Vatronis means many things, as we began explaining yesterday. He's focusing on generosity. And 
the muscle he gave is that anybody who thinks, which is the only thing you have to do to get yourself motivated, when you want to give money, you're using it for stock and chesed, you're really giving money into the bank. And a Kosh Baruch Hu pays biribis, Kosh Baruch Hu, many chazals, is kaviyachal bound by halacha, but this ribis is mutter. Uh, I think, uh, I think I went to a time yesterday about Shal Shudis, it's a heteriska. So we're working for a Kosh Baruch Hu, so we have a built in heteriska. Even without that, it's not cash for cash. Be'elam Haba, where the main schar is, that whatever small amount of mitzvahs you do here, it's kifle kiflayim to the hundredth degree in Elam Haba. And also for us to keep in mind for those who are um, obviously, uh, I don't want to use the word short sighted, but you need some motivation by Elamazah. So we have the Sugit Stokka we spent a year on two years ago. Aser Kadesh Tisasher, there's Karen Kayemis by Elamaba. There's Karen Kayemis by Elamaba, which we don't want to take away from, by the way. But this Chai Belamazah, which is dangerous in the way that if you get covered and things like that by Elamazah, and you run after that too much, it could take away, but if you do it right, the Shechai Belamazeh is Aser Kedesh Tisasher. You get more money to do more mitzvahs. If you are a good custodian, you're a good treasurer, then a Kosh Baruch Hu, unless it's will give you more of the same to do more of those types of mitzvahs. That type of Shechai Belamazeh is still Karen Kerem Islam and it's not a steer. You just have to use it in the proper way. And we're in the middle of the sentence, so uh, let's go five, four lines down, a little bit into the line by Echel Peres. Echel Peres, Belamazer, Aisha, Rekavit, Rekaren, Kanis, Olam, Abba, Ach, Beshas, Maisa, Kachla, Yase, Kiyetsa, Samach, Aisa, Beliba, Yiksha. The Yetzar fights us. Lamaisa, it will always be hard to write large checks. It will always be hard to constantly do chesed. Especially when the Yitzhahara plays tricks on us, the Yitzhahara is never going to go up to a firm person and say, Don't do chesed. He's going to say, Well, how do you know they're real? Or maybe the recipient is a charlatan and they're fakers, they don't really need it. And the chesed you're doing, somebody else can do it, and it's enough already. Uh, we spoke a little bit on Shabbos, that's why the classic example of Achnasas Archem and Chomish is about people, Malachim, who didn't even need the food, drink, or shelter. Allah Dabrahu. That's the example. Because Yitzhak was always telling us, yeah, you don't have to do this, they don't really need it. Well, here we have an example. They certainly didn't need it. People are still fighting me in the shelter. I reminded everybody, Malachim are made of fire. They don't need shade. That's Pashat. They don't need food. They don't need drink. So why is that the classic example of Malachim, the opening of Parshat Vayera? Because the Chesed is for us. And if it's also for them, look for projects that you can help somebody also. But it's not a steer. Got to try and that's usually for from people the number one weapon of the Yitzhah to try to convince us this is not necessary. And he tries to make it dark and murky and confusing. And the assets you have and the talents you have, if they're used, you can ask Hashem for more. If you're not using it to the fullest, that could be a kitrug leilenu, and nobody wants to go there, forget Elam Haba. Me pesi yimshach yada, who is foolish enough to not capitalize on him, and he says it should be very easy for you to spend money, and foolish if you don't want to spend money because you're spending somebody else's money. It's easy to spend somebody else's money. I always marvel. Do you ever see the relative ease that the teller hands you hundred dollar bills? Why is it most people have difficult parting with money? He's just doling it out. Do you ever wonder? 
Maybe he didn't want it because he knew this Pelier. It's, it's not his money. No. Very easy to hand out somebody else's money. So when you find it difficult and you have a struggle giving tzedakah, just remember, it's not your money. We think that 90% is now is 10%. Got to give away. 20%. L'chatchila. That's a good start. None of it's really yours. And there's no guarantee and it doesn't necessarily stay. And everything is a matan of Baruch even if you think you worked for it. And that's the point of the Peliades. So who's foolish enough not to be able to part with money that doesn't belong to them? Kiyutziva, Baruch told us they have to give it. And certainly at least the 20%, and certainly if it's good for you, not only but also a person who thinks like this incorrectly, which is foolish, that an Evet sees his master's giving away money, and he's crying. Why is he crying? He's not a Yerish anyway. It's not his money. It's not going to be his money. Done. He thinks he's a macher. He's, he has bailus on this. Doesn't want to see his uh, master. He thinks it's going to affect him somehow. So we know what he's thinking. He's not going to be able to have uh, the uh, sweets and the desserts and uh, the gashmias of his mansion where he works. It's not his. And it's not going to affect him, but he's crying. Comes from a very, very bad, miserly personality. Yetzar from money is strong. Stronger for some people, but strong by everybody. So, people struggle with. Some people struggle with. Everybody, some degree, struggles with. Person who has trouble parting with his money is not only going to affect his stock and his chesed with other people. Type of person who never mastered uh, the concept and the mindset of generosity, often it affects his own halachilich. He doesn't spend enough money on his own mitzvahs. He starts chiseling and uh, his trilling, why should I spend so much, the mezuzahs, things he's supposed to be doing for his own neshama directly and sometimes for his family. And his own opportunities will pass him by. And then he comes, as the Vomagoyim said when he was crying before his patira, whatever it costs, for pennies on the dollar, you can buy things, you can't get for all the money in the world, because there is no currency like this, you only get the schar. Person who is generous with others, and with himself in the proper ways. And then he will be able to reap the benefits of his bracha to build his olam haba, ashrei That's ending on a nice note.